There is One by Gutman Locks. 44. Consider, in the 1960s, the Western world underwent a volcanic social change. The 60s found the West in a period of explosive introspection, hallucinogenics, resistance to government, and the appearance of the hippies led the West on a rather romantic rampage. As with many infatuations, the early idealism ended up, for the most part, being misleading rather than enlightening. And as all explosions, time picks up the pieces, while civilization digests its growling changes and the survivors march on to their due. These times saw many young people go through two distinct changes. First, a recognition that they did not have to accept the established authority just because it was there. And secondly, an attempt to replace the establishment with an idealistic Garden of Eden. Clearly, the early emphasis was more on the idol than on the ideal. As with most social quick changes, Jews were disproportionately represented and many leaders of the leaderless movement were in fact Jews. In retrospect, many Jews who experienced the 1960s explained that they looked at their parents and saw financial success, but spiritual bankruptcy. Those who turned to the local synagogue found that the material priority had completely taken over. There was no spiritual nourishment, just buy a seat and be seen. So they began to look elsewhere to fill the void. Drugs wore thin. The dream was to find a natural high and to stay up forever. Exercises, hyperventilation, diets, fasting, meditation, twirling. The list seemed endless, from the watermelon fast to the coffee enema, seeking always for the spiritual high that would free the individual from the endless waves of highs and lows into the limitless bliss or the internal zero. With a little bit of help from my friends, many young people ended up in ashrams in India following and allowing a guru to rule their lives. Eastern religious leaders flocked to the West, eager to pick up the devotees and especially their discarded material wealth. The gurus became rich while the devotee was left with a perpetual half-smile. Many Jews ended up wasting 10 to 15 years of their precious lives cleaving to leaders who, when ultimately exposed, were seen to be demented. What was lacking the Jewish home, the Jewish school, and the Jewish houses of worship that these young people felt forced to seek God elsewhere? What can be done to prevent another generation from repeating this costly mistake? Jewish life with the home as its center must be a spiritual sanctuary, a place where love is demonstrated by providing spiritual as well as physical comfort. As a child must be securely tucked into his bed at night, so must his soul feel securely tucked into its purpose in life. The child must be made aware that he is on a journey and given guidance as to how it can be safely accomplished. This life is the antechamber, and we must prepare for the future life while there is time. Certainly a loving mother teaches a child not to run into the street. She must also explain how good deeds go on beyond this world, into the coming world and into the world to come. 
Without a sense of past and future, life can easily take on a merely physical perspective. Without our history, we are like victims of amnesia, left to float into whatever gives us momentary pleasure. Without a sense of the world to come, we may not realize that there will be repercussions to our actions. Imagine a person diving into an empty swimming pool. If one considers just the instant, the dive itself is the same with or without water. It's irrelevant whether the leap into the air ends in a refreshing bath or a very sudden stop at a pile of concrete. So it is with daily life. Each action creates a following action, which in turn continues to bring about another action. This is true spiritually as well as physically, for nothing is physical without its spiritual roots. This spiritual awareness is what was lacking in the Jewish home, school, and synagogue. The Jewish home needs mezuzahs to promote Jewish awareness. With mezuzahs, there's a daily reminder. But this alone will not guarantee that our children will grow securely protected within the fences decreed by our rabbis. For even children who have grown in such environments can still become lost and end up wandering. But mezuzahs will help. And so will maintaining a kosher kitchen as will observing all of the directives of the Torah. But however much the physical directives help, without a concentrated effort to also accomplish the spiritual directives, the home will run the risk of becoming a restrictive prison with the children dreaming of the day when college or an early marriage will be a passport to freedom. How many religious homes seem dark and stiff because the physical is painstakingly observed while the spiritual is left totally ignored? The physical must be seen to be an extension of the spiritual to be elevated. The physical mezuzah must remind the spiritual will to take its message to heart. Without the spiritual follow-up, the physical becomes just another burden. All of the Torah's directives have to be followed physically, but not merely physically. To give charity with an open hand, but with a closed heart, does not fulfill the commandment. And even though credit will be given for what was given, it will be noted that only the physical charity was given, and not the love that is also commanded. A journey of a million years cannot be understood by looking at a watch. A keen sense of the past and enlightened view of the future must be employed. Know where you're coming from and to where it is you go. There is one.com.